48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Priscilla Ng. The headlines. The chief executive says she's asked Beijing to provide Hong Kong with mainland-made COVID-19 jabs after hiccups in the delivery of the vaccines the government has already ordered. Police say a fifth Chinese university student is wanted in connection with an alleged attack on campus security guards earlier this month. And the U.S. Senate has confirmed Janet Yellen as the American Treasury Secretary. Chief Executive Carrie Lam said she has asked Beijing to provide Hong Kong with mainland-made COVID-19 jabs following hiccups or delays in the delivery of the vaccines the government has ordered. Vicky Wong reports. Speaking to reporters ahead of her weekly Executive Council meeting, Carrie Lam said the SAR has a desperate need for coronavirus vaccines, especially for high-risk groups and cross-border workers. The SAR government has made advanced purchases of BioNTech, Sinovac and AstraZeneca vaccines, but Mrs Lam said they've all had hiccups with delivery. We have 10,000 truck drivers crossing the border every day and they have to take tests every day. So now that we have a vaccine, there was a proposal put to us that they should be vaccinated as early as possible together with the mainland truck drivers so that there could be greater assurance and safety. So uh, with those considerations in mind, I sort of trigger what I have been uh, given to understand when I was in Beijing last November that if there is a need in Hong Kong, then the chief executive could always approach the central people's government for help. Meanwhile, the health secretary, Sophia Chan, says the government will roll out its mass vaccination program once it's finished its own quality testing of the German BioNTech vaccine. She told RTHK that a million doses of the COVID vaccine are currently undergoing production and safety tests and are expected to arrive in Hong Kong later next month. It's the first coronavirus vaccine to win approval for use in the SAR. Professor Chan says vaccination centres will be set up in 18 districts. The chief executive also described the weekend lockdown in Jordan as a success, saying similar arrangements could be adopted in other high-risk districts. However, Carrie Lam said officials will try to limit the size of those restricted areas and speed up testing to minimize any inconvenience to residents. Mrs. Lam called on people to cooperate with the government, saying more than 200 people who did not get tested during the Jordan lockdown could face penalties. We go back to that building uh, without notice and then we try to check everyone coming out of the building, whether you have an SMS showing a negative result. If no, that means that you have not complied. Then we will uh, take down your personal data and then pass to the Center for Health Protection to consider issuing a summons or where permissible issue a fixed penalty ticket. Police say a fifth Chinese university student is wanted for an alleged attack this month by a group of black-clad people on campus security guards. The force called on the student and other assailants to turn themselves in. The appeal follows the arrests of three students yesterday who are being detained on suspicion of unlawful assembly and assault. Another was arrested on the day of the incident. Authorities said they believe the suspects wanted to force the university to stop identity checks at entrances. The high court has dismissed an appeal by former lawmaker Ted Hui over a phone-snatching incident in Lechko in 2018. Judge Wilson Chan said the appellant should be heard first, either in person or by a barrister, but neither Mr. Hui nor a representative appeared in court. Mr. Hui went into exile in the UK last year. He had already completed a community service order and paid a penalty after he was ruled guilty in 2019 of common assault and two other offences for snatching a mobile phone from a government officer. 
overseas now, and the U.S. Senate has confirmed Janet Yellen as the American Treasury Secretary. She'll be the first woman to lead the department in its more than 200-year history. As the BBC's Michelle Flurry explains, Ms. Yellen will be very different from her predecessor, Stephen Mnuchin. Stephen Mnuchin is a former banker and film financier, and when Trump nominated him for the job, some questioned his credentials. By contrast, Janet Yellen is considered, if anything, overqualified. She is the first person ever who will have served as Treasury Secretary, Federal Reserve Board Chair, and Chair of the White House Council of Economic Advisers. One thing both of them share in common, once the pandemic hit, the single biggest task facing the Treasury Secretary how to save the U.S. economy. Steven Mnuchin worked with Democrats to pass a large stimulus plan last spring. Now it will be the turn of Janet Yellen. President Joe Biden says the United States could well be on the way towards achieving herd immunity from the coronavirus by the summer. The president said he hopes to raise his target for vaccinations during his first 100 days in office to 150 million and is confident vaccine supplies will meet demand. We are optimistic that we will have enough vaccine and in very short order, we, as you know, we came in office without knowledge of how much vaccine was help being held in abeyance or available. Now that we're here, we've been around a week or so, we now have that. And we've gotten commitments from some of the producers that they will, in fact, produce more vaccine in a relatively short period of time and then continue that down the road. The U.S. pharmaceutical company Moderna says its COVID vaccine does appear to combat new, more infectious variants of the disease that have been detected in the U.K. and South Africa. It says the jab produces the antibodies that can identify and fight the variants in laboratory conditions. Further studies will be needed on people who've been vaccinated. The BBC's Palab Ghosh reports. Earlier studies had indicated that vaccines would be effective against the UK variant of the virus first identified in Kent. But there's been concern about the variants that have emerged in South Africa and Brazil, which have more genetic changes. This is the first indication that Moderna's vaccine will be effective against the South African as well as the UK variant. The vaccine has been approved by the regulator, but the 17 million pre-ordered doses are not expected to arrive until the spring. The European Union's health commissioner, Stella Kyriakidis, has expressed strong dissatisfaction with AstraZeneca over shortfalls in the supply of its COVID vaccine to the EU. Here's the BBC's Gavin Lee. The commissioner has demanded more answers by Wednesday and asked for a detailed breakdown of exactly how many doses had been manufactured and where else the product had been sent. There's concern that other countries such as the UK and the US are being prioritised. The vaccine, developed by Oxford University, still hasn't been approved by the EU's drugs regulator, but that is expected to happen within days. The EU has already paid more than £300 million for 80 million doses to be rolled out across the continent before March, but now it's understood they'll receive only around £30 million. AstraZeneca hasn't commented on the specific numbers, but said initial volumes would be lower than contracted. More than 300 global companies and organizations have urged world leaders at this year's virtual Davos Forum to classify seafarers as key workers so they're no longer stranded at sea because of the coronavirus. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Josephs. 
More than 90% of global trade, from household goods to medical supplies, is moved by sea. But many of those who staff the ships have been stuck at sea for months, often long after the end of their work contract. This is because many governments around the world have banned them from coming ashore amid fears they will spread coronavirus. Restrictions have recently tightened further because of new variants. This has led to growing concerns about the risk to the mental and physical well-being of these sailors. Those behind what is being called the Neptune Declaration say global supply chains are threatened. For a second night running, police in the Netherlands have clashed with protesters defying a 9pm curfew introduced to battle the coronavirus. In Rotterdam, officers used water cannon and tear gas to clear the streets where hundreds had gathered, some looting shops. Protesters lit fires in The Hague, while in Amsterdam several arrests were made. The Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte described the violence as senseless. Normal people can only watch this with disgust. You really wonder what possesses these people. This has nothing to do with demonstrating. It is criminal violence and we will treat it as such. The European Union's foreign policy chief says he'll push for the release of Russia's jailed opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, when he visits Moscow next month. Joseph Borrell was speaking after a meeting of top EU diplomats in Brussels. But the EU has held off imposing fresh sanctions on Moscow for now. Mr. Borrell said a formal proposal had not been made by member states. For sure the Council is ready to react as required by the circumstances and to take appropriated actions if the circumstances require. But today, there has not been any kind of proposal and, as consequences, any kind of decision about it. Italy's prime minister has announced he'll resign today in the hope of being asked by the president to form a new alternative government. Giuseppe Conte lost his majority in the upper house of parliament last week. Here's the BBC's Mark Lowen. Italy's 66th government since the Second World War is coming to an end in a country of seemingly perennial political crises. After failing to win an absolute majority in a parliamentary confidence vote last week, Giuseppe Conte tried to tempt some opposition senators to jump ship, but it seems he failed to get the numbers. And so he'll tender his resignation on Tuesday to the president and will then hope to be asked to form a new government with a strengthened coalition. If he cannot do so, the task would fall to another figure, or failing that, new elections would beckon. Researchers in Scotland have discovered that baby tyrannosaurs were only the size of border collie dogs when they took their first steps over 70 million years ago. The BBC's Electra Naismith reports. Tyrannosaurs were among the largest predators to ever walk the earth, growing to over 12 metres in length and weighing about 8 tonnes. Existing studies of fossils have been of adults or older juveniles, but paleontologists at Edinburgh University have examined the first known fossilised remains of tyrannosaur embryos, a tiny jawbone and claw found in North America, to shed light on the creature's early years. The findings suggest tyrannosaurs were only about 90 centimetres long when they first hatched, small in relation to their eventual stature, but still among the biggest hatchlings to ever emerge from eggs. 
Stocks in a short while ago, the Hang Seng Index was trading at 29,434 points. That's 724 points down on the previous close. In currencies, the U.S. dollar was standing at 103.74 Japanese yen. The euro was trading at one American dollar and 21 cents, and the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 58 cents. And now to sports. Here's Adam Zhang. We start with football. Thomas Tuchel is set to become the new manager of English Premier League side Chelsea after Frank Lampard was sacked on Monday. Stakeholders of the London club are hoping the German can unlock the potential of their most gifted talents. Tuchel had been linked with Chelsea in 2017 when he left Borussia Dortmund. He was dismissed by Paris Saint-Germain in late December after months of fighting with the club's sporting director. Writer and broadcaster Sandra Goldschmidt covers Borussia Dortmund and believes Tuchel has the required qualities to succeed at Chelsea, but the real challenge might be how he gets on with club owner Roman Abramovich. I think、um, his quality as a manager, there's no doubt about that,、um, that he can make teams better. But、um, yeah, I wonder how he's going to get on with Abramovich because、um, he always had certain problems with staff and、uh, CEOs, board director at Dortmund. So that will be、um, tricky to see if that works. Now to motorsports. The former Formula One world champion Jenson Button says he remains an active race car driver even after his departure from F1. The 41-year-old will race in the new Extreme E series for his own team. Competitors in Extreme E will race electric SUVs in five extreme environments around the world to highlight the impact of climate change and human activity on some of the world's most remote locations. Since I left Formula One, I, I, I haven't retired from driving.、Uh, I just retired from F1. So I raced in Japan for two years in Super GT, and we won the championship in 2018, which is awesome. Last year was a lot quieter. I think it was for a lot of people. But、um, I did some off-road racing here in the states, and I also did one round of the、uh, the British GT Championship. So I've I've kept my hand in, and、uh, for me, I'm always going to be a racing driver. I want to race whatever I can, and and I'm trying things that are very different. And、uh, you know, Extreme E. Is definitely different to what I'm used to. Racing an electric vehicle, first of all, I've never done that.、Um, but also 550 horsepower, four-wheel drive, off-road、um, in in places around the world that you know, we would only dream of going to normally. So,、um, yeah, very excited about this new challenge. In the NBA, LeBron James went on a tear in the fourth quarter on his former home court, scoring 23 of his 46 points to keep the LA Lakers unbeaten on the road with a 115-108 victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Anthony Davis added 17 points as the defending champions improved to 10 wins out of 10 away from home. The win for the Lakers came on the eve of the one-year anniversary of Lakers legend Kobe Bryant's tragic death in a helicopter crash. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And to end the news, the top story once again. The chief executive says she's asked Beijing to provide Hong Kong with mainland-made COVID-19 jabs after hiccups in the delivery of the vaccines the government has already ordered. And that's the news from RTHK. No matter how fit we are. It is important to get vaccinated to prevent COVID-19. All along, we have received different vaccines to prevent infections. Vaccines will help create antibodies and memory in our immune system. When we come into contact with viruses in future, our immune system will quickly resist them. 
It is the simplest and most effective method to protect ourselves and others. Let's get vaccinated. Hi, I'm Lazy Lion and I'm usually quite laid back, but you can count me in to fight COVID-19. Here are my tips. Don't go to work and seek medical advice promptly if you're unwell. Avoid eating out or going out if it's not necessary. Keep at least one meter apart from others and avoid contact with people who show symptoms. Social distancing can help prevent the spread of COVID-19. These are the tips for us to prevent COVID-19.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 26th of January is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil Whelan for the morning brew. What a great show.